Grace and peace. This is A.L. Blue of Better Life Ology, and I'm a pastor, mentor, author, Better Life teacher from the spiritual community, the Better Life Empowerment Movement, Inc., and you're listening to Better Life Ology Radio Broadcast. What if I told you that you are more than you've been told? As a matter of fact, you are better than you imagine. You have power within you, a God-given power to change your current reality, no matter how much or little that change may be. See, the power is within you. Join us on a journey of discovery that you may live your better life now. It's called Better Lifeology. As you learn these skills and practices, along with better life principles, you will see the results you've been praying for, the results you've been looking for and ultimately running after, and they will be manifested for you. See, Better Lifeology is the ability to learn how to manifest your better life now, and anyone can do this. It starts with you. And we have an assignment from God, an ordained purpose to help you build your better life experience as you are tapping into the power that is already contained within you. Welcome to Better Lifeology radio broadcast, where it's already getting better. Good afternoon, saints, brothers and sisters, and welcome to our Lunchtime with God. In a moment, we'll be getting started. Please continue to hold. We'll be right back. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on our Lunchtime with God. We welcome each and every one who is on the line, for those who are here for the first time, for those who are returning, we thank you for being with us. In a moment, we'll be getting started. Our leader and teacher will be coming with a series of Forgive to Live, How to Forgive Them When They Are Not Sorry. So we're looking forward to that, and in the meantime, please have your Bibles, notebooks, and pens ready. In a moment, we'll be joined by our worship leader, Sister Erica, will come and set the atmosphere for this afternoon. Sister Erica, you may go ahead. Thank you. Good afternoon, Better Life Seekers. This is Sister Erica from Orlando, Florida. It's a privilege and an honor to be here with you all this afternoon. I'm excited about today's teaching. 
because I know this is one of the harder things we have to do, but um, it's important that we follow Christ's example in forgiving others, even when they're not sorry. Amen? So just join in and worship with me as I set the atmosphere. Amen. It's a hard Mr. Erica, please go ahead and pardon the interruption. Okay. <laughs> it's the hardest thing to give away and the last thing on your mind to say. It always goes to those who don't It's the opposite of how you feel when the pain that causes just to real. It takes everything you have to say the word forgiveness. Forgiveness. It flies in the face of all your pride. It moves away the mad inside. It always angers what's on in me. Even when the jury and the judge say you have a right to hold a grudge, if they whisper in your ear saying, set it free, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. 
but that we uh, work with continuously in our lives because we know offense will come. We know people will do things. It's just life that will cause us to feel frustrated or aggravated or in pain. So we ask you now to forgive us as we'll be able to forgive others. Amen. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, saints of God, as we get ready to go forth at this particular time, uh, the first thing I want you to do is as you read the scripture in Matthew 18, verse 21 and 22. This is Jesus speaking, and this is what he says. Watch this. Then Peter, Jesus and Peter, Peter came to him, to Christ. Lord, how often shall, uh, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many times, seven, Peter is now asking the question to Jesus. Now, Lord, <laughs> I forgave the first time. I forgave the second time. This joker don't even feel like he's sorry. How often should I forgive them? Watch what Jesus says in verse 22. Verse 22, what the scripture says, Jesus said unto him, I do not say uh, to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. In essence, seven times, seventy-seven times. In essence, what Jesus is saying is, even when the person appears not to be sorry, to continue to do the same thing over and over and over again, whether they say sorry or not, we ought to always forgive. As the word is blessed and blessed are the hearers, uh, let's begin. As I opened up and was very vulnerable with many of you on last week, I shared with you how I come from a family that had to fight all our lives. I come from a family that growing up, even in the church, we've been lied on, we've been done wrong, we've been cheated, because we oftentimes been a family, the largest family in the church that we, we grew up in, there was preconceived notions based upon what type of children we were. Now, don't get me wrong, in every family you have a few that are through, but you have the majority of our family who was raised under the matriarch and the patriarch of our family, Irene and, and Theotis Mills, uh, they were God-fearing uh, uh, man and woman who raised up God-fearing uh, children who had grandchildren or daughters and sons, rather, uh, who became their grandchildren, and coming up in a small type church. Because you're a big family, everything can be pointed in that direction. Well, little did I know that even when God called me into ministry, that there were still areas of my life that was unsurrendered. There was areas of my life that was unhealed, uh, 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 that was, uh, was not healed, and areas in which I still uh, was carrying myself in two aspects, in two ways, two modes, I would say. The first mode, uh, and oftentimes, and I'm just, and as I said, being very transparent, as, or the first mode was I was easily offended. That's why you could not say nothing to me without me feeling as if you're attacking me or you're coming against me. Uh, this is how I felt. Number two, I live by a principle, forget it, I'm gone. Uh huh. Not only was I easily offended, but I also live by a principle that if, in fact, you didn't do what I wanted you to do or I wasn't doing what you wanted to do, there was conflict in the relationship, my, my go-to was forget it, I'm gone. Now, I want you to understand that even though I'm sharing the truth of my experience, 
Many of you can honestly say that you are exactly where I've been. Now, hear what I just said, exactly where I've been, because you have also said the same thing. You've also been inside of a place where you may have felt like, you know, every time I turn around, when I think things are good, I'm looking for the bad, because I know that's how folk are. They're always looking to come against me, always looking to hurt me, always looking. This is just the way life is. Or, number two, you're at the place where the moment somebody says something to you that is out of your comfort zone, that may be a little bit beyond the challenge, your response is, forget it. I'm gone. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And I'm here to tell you that even though that could be your real reality, even though it is hard right now trying to love people when you're in a constant state of defense, because every person you've dealt with has either taken advantage of you, have, have, have fought against you, and in many cases have tried to harm you, the Scripture teaches us that if we're going to walk in alignment with the things of God, we must forgive if we're going to live. Now, I know that's uncomfortable. Matter of fact, let's just be honest. Even inside of this parable of the unforgiving servant, when Peter and Jesus is in this conversation, and they're having this talk, and, and Peter is saying, hey, Lord, I, I understand forgiving, but every time I forgive this, this joker, and now, excuse me, I'm paraphrasing, of course, every time I forgive this person, they keep on doing the same thing again. They tell me they're sorry, but they're still doing the same thing again. They're double-minded. They go against their words and not saying, Lord, how can I do this? Am I still able to forgive them even though I did and they're doing the same thing? Jesus responded with something that almost seemed subnormal, that's abnormal rather, that seemed beyond our average or our ordinary. Jesus said unto him, you've got to forgive this guy every time he sins. Now, I know, I'd be the first one to tell you, even when in my meditation time, as much as uh, I feel I'm committed to God, I'm surrendered to Holy Spirit, i got to tell you that this, has, well, this was a problematic scripture for me. Because, again, in my human understanding, I could not get how is it i got to still forgive folks who don't even feel like they're sorry. And, and what the Holy Spirit began to do is teach me and show me that this forgiveness is not for them. See, I'm trying to help somebody. You better hear me clearly. What God is saying, the reason why you ought to forgive that person every time they mess up is the forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. <laughs> see, see, you got a, uh, you got a way of holding on to things when you've been hurt. But now, and I said it before, I'll say it again, when you don't heal from what hurts you, you will bleed on others who've done nothing to you. And the forgiveness, being able to say to them, you know what, you've messed up, but I forgive you, is also a mirror image of what God has done to many of us throughout our life with him. Whether you've just come to the Lord within a week's time, or whether you've been with the Lord over a decade, or even close to a century, the reality is we have all done something to break his commandments, and if he gave you the same medicine, quote unquote, as we give others, then how would you be today? See, in this position that I'm speaking of, of being unhealed and unwhole, it is difficult to forgive when you're convinced that the person is not truly sorry for what they've done. It's difficult when it appears that the person is not sorry. Maybe they're just saying what they're saying because they got caught, or maybe they're feeling the way they're feeling because it's just tough. But God is saying, 
if we understand that if you're going to be like Christ, who done nothing, by the way, but suffered the sin of the entire world, that we may be free to have a relationship with God, clearly, he forgave us. Matter of fact, one of the, 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 the main things that he said on the cross, one of the seven things on the cross, when Jesus was getting ready to repair the gap, the bridge between the Father and his children, Jesus said, unto, unto the Lord, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. Now, I don't know about you, but even that brings me to a clarity of realizing that there are some things that I'm going to have to forgive and I'm going to have to forget instead of taking the, the sense of having my guard up. I'm going to have to just say, you know what, Lord, I commit it to your hand. I commit it to your spirit. I give it all up unto you because if I hold on to this, in the end, I'm going to suffer greater than I need to suffer. Because please understand, my friends, please understand me, sons and daughters, forgiveness is all about uh, you and your freedom than it is about the person who's done wrong against you. And I want you to understand, if your mindset is, you know what, instead of forgiving, forget it, I'm gone. And many times that's what people do. They abandon the circumstance. They abandon the relationship. They abandon. They leave too soon without even realizing that it is your forgiving of the person that God is going to use to touch, change, and rearrange that position that the person's in. Now, I know you might say, well, Pastor, when is it going to happen? I'm tired of being here. I'm tired of going through this. I'm tired of being on this job and folks taking me for granted, always overlooking me, and I show up early, and I leave late, and I do everything I got to do. I go above and beyond on my reports. I'm tired of all this. Why? When does it ever stop? And I'm here to tell you that, again, you've got to understand that when you are living according to the way and the will of God, he has a plan for your life. And that plan, even though you may not always agree, he takes everything and he works it together for your good. Every pain, every tragedy, every heartbreak, every slap in the face, every overlooking. I oftentimes have had a conversation with God uh, and felt, Lord, why is it that even being of African-American descent, that my people had to go through the experiences that we've been through and then to face today systematic racism that often exists when it comes to the workplace or the housing community. I just recently was doing a study as I was led by Holy Spirit on how houses was developed in the suburbia or suburban houses or suburbia, how it was developed by a gentleman by the name Levin. And Levin and Sons created homes beyond the city life where they were cramped, where people can have their house, the white picket fence, and the dog, but there was a clause. No African-American can come live there. And even if you resold your home, you cannot do it to an African-American. Now, I couldn't understand, even as reading that, you know, inside of my heart, I begin to feel a little sour. Like, wait a minute here. Lord, on top of the slavery, the injustice, all kinds of stuff, now even when we want to get ahead in life, it appears that there are systems put in place to make sure we don't. God, it's unfair. And the same thing the Lord spoke to me, I speak to you. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them even if it appears that they're sorry. Why? Because it's my forgiving of them that allows me to continue to move forward and not be so messed up trying to make other folks feel my pain. 
because I hurt. I want them to hurt. Come on here. See, that's the challenge with unforgiveness because hurt people want others to feel their pain as well. And somebody needs to write that down. You need to write that down. I don't I don't help you I don't help you with an hour of prayer that you just committed. Hurt people, people who are hurt, they want others to feel their pain as well. Especially in relationships. Especially when a person's lost. They're hurt. Now I want you to hear, I want you to hear again what the American author Marie Williamson said. This is what she said. She said, Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself. And waiting for the other person to die. Unforgiveness is you drinking poison while you're waiting for the other person to die. See, if you're hurt, you cannot give back unto them what has been given to you. Somebody got to step up. Somebody got to come over. And I know you. some of you might be on the line saying, well, Pastor, I'm tired of being that person. I've been doing this for all, all, all the first half of, of my life, the first half of my experience, the first half of this marriage. I've been, I've been the one doing this and that and that, and, and they haven't done anything. Well, guess what? You keep on forgiving. Why? Because it's going to allow you to live. But if you allow the bitterness, the frustration to get at you, it will stop and block your progress from doing what God has called you to do. You want to be free in him? Then you've got to learn to forgive. I taught you even on last week, let me uh, 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 bring you some clarity into this, how the scripture says in Mark 11.25, Mark 11.25, and those of you, if you have your Bible, let's turn there, because I want you to see something here, because many of you, again, you cannot, listen to me, you cannot change what you first doesn't, don't identify. If you don't identify the fact that you are hurt, that you are sick, that you are going through, that this is difficult for you. If you don't identify that factor, then guess what? You can never heal from it because you don't see what the problem is. And oftentimes, I don't care how, how long you've been walking with God, how serious you are in the faith, the reality is oftentimes uh, when it comes to you and when it comes to your experience in God, there are areas that even you, even you, uh, uh, must grow through that you can go through. So in Mark eleven twenty five, and I want you to uh, uh, turn there with me because I want to show you something here, and I want to give you some revelation knowledge according to this. Mark eleven twenty five. Watch what the scripture says here. All right, the scripture says it this way. It says, "Watch this." And when you stand praying, that means a person who's in the Lord, a person who may be ministering at the altar, a person who may be uh, a leader in the things of God. When you stand praying. If you hold, not if people hold it against you, here's the revelation knowledge. If you have anything in your heart against them, whoa, wait a minute, what a game changer. Because while you're saying, Lord, you know, how can I forgive them if they're not sorry? The question is, are you in the place where you can uh, receive the healing or the freedom that's necessary, even if they're not concerned about it? Mark eleven twenty four gives us this insight, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Show that your Father in heaven may what? Forgive you of your sin. So in essence, if you don't forgive them, even if they're not sorry, then your sin, your violations, your trepidations, your issues, your, your frustrations will left, be left unforgiving. Unforgiven because you refuse to follow in the path in which God demands for the believer. 
See, please understand, we must together understand and recognize that forgiveness is how God deals with mankind. That God is not a grudge holder, but he's a forgiving father. And since you are his child, you should and you can also be a forgiver. It's for your ultimate benefit because when you harbor unforgiveness, again, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's not hurting the one who you hold the grudge against. That it's hurting you. And because hurt persons want other people to feel their pain, the enemy brings pride in your life because you've been hurt. So your pride says, I ain't going to forgive them. They did this to me. They hurt me. Yes, it was their fault. But you got to forgive them even if they're not sorry for your freedom. For your freedom. See, if we don't choose to deal with people in the same way that God deals with us by forgiving them, then we are disobeying his encouragement, his instructions to forgive. In other words, if we harbor unforgiveness, we are holding up and we're blocking the blessings. You have been blocking, many of you are blocking the blessings of your next level and causing it not to be able to flow because you have not been able to forgive somebody. And I want you to understand, even as the scripture declares uh, in, in Jeremiah 31 and 3, you don't have to turn it, but write it down. Jeremiah 31 and 3, the Lord appeared unto me, Israel, from ages past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Some of you are praying for a greater anointing. Some of you want doors to be open. You want God to use you in a powerful way. You want God to take you to a whole nother level. And yes, God can do it. But here's what you got to understand. If you are on, if you are hard, if this in your heart, then the level of ministry, the level of ministry that you begin to share with others will be tainted due to the bitterness that exists in you. And if we want to be free, if we want God to bring us to a greater place of awareness, then we must be willing to say, Lord, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and forgive me so I can be free too. Did you hear me? You've got to be willing to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and forgive me so I can be free too. It is here that you must understand that when you are able to truly, truly forgive, then the weight lifts off your shoulders, and the person who's done wrong against you, now God is able to deal with them. For he said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And if you want to hold the grudge, if you want to keep it, then you are not showing the everlasting love that he loved us, that we ought to love other people. And the scripture goes on to say, therefore with love and with love and kindness have I drawn you and continued my forgiveness to you, my faithfulness to you. See, when you disobey uh, the commandments of the Lord to forgive, then what's happening is this blocks your blessing. It holds up your prosperity. See, there's something that's standing right now between you and your next level, and that thing is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will put you outside of the promises of God. You hear me? Unforgiveness will put you outside of the promises of God. Because life happens to us all. But it's not what happens, it's how we respond. And we can choose to forgive, or we can choose uh, to stay where we are, be bitter and blocked, 
and all messed up. And therefore, God has to look over you to choose somebody else for you because he don't want your drama tainting the ministry of loving somebody. Because we've all encountered someone who reminds us of a circumstance or a church or a person or a situation. It is often amazing how when people say to me, oh, well, you remind me of this person. My, my natural response is, did you like them? Why do I ask that? Because I know that if this person is not healed, and I'm doing business with them or I'm doing ministry with them, that if they have not forgiven the person who I may remind them of, then subconsciously I'm going to be the target of that pain because hurt people want others to feel their pain as well. Only when you heal can you have compassion upon another person who's hurt. And it's imperative, it's important that even I as a pastor and a leader and an end-time apostle be in a place of being healed so I can help others in the process of healing. But if I stand praying and I do not forgive others, then I myself would disqualify myself from being used by God. Watch what the scripture says here, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 32. Turn there if you can, Ephesians 4:32. Come on, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the 32nd verse. Watch what the scripture says here. Look at it, what it says. It's so profound. In Ephesians 4:32, it says it this way: Be kind one to another, be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. So we gotta be kind. We gotta be tender-hearted. You know, let me talk to you. Let me talk to some of you uh, married folk who are in relationships that you are being frust- very frustrated with. Now, the first thing, I, the reason why I'm telling you, well, you've got to be the one to forgive that person, even when that person is ready, is not ready to, to move beyond their, their drama. Because if you don't forgive them, hear me clearly, if you don't forgive them, then you give them a reason to want to see you go. Because unforgiving, unforgiving people operate from a place of bitterness. They operate from a place from attack. It is difficult to live with someone who's not healed. So when you talk about, well, I'm going to leave you then, the response may be, then go. Wonderful. Maybe then I'll have peace. When, when you ask and you're operating from a place of forgiveness, now that person, if you leave, because the relationship is irreconcilable or the person then finally that will not commit to the way of God because let me give this to you and I stand by this. While I do not believe God wants divorce, I do not believe it's God's will for you to divorce. I do believe that he would allow, he wants you to be in peace. So if you're in a situation where there is no peace, and the person's not trying to be with God, and, and you're not trying to be with God, and there's contention, and the enemy's all up in it. It is better that his children be in peace than to be in anguish. Now, whether, you, whether that goes against your religious tradition or not, so be it. But the scripture, as I see it, shows that as it relates to relationships, if there is infraction in the relationship, you have to forgive, not only for the person, but mainly for you. That if you do walk away, now the person got something to miss. Wow, I done messed up now. I really done messed up. Why? Because this person, the person who was there for me, the person who's been there, who's loved me through it all, have now just left. I done messed up. Now the spirit of God can bring the breaking. But if you just as bitter as the person who's hurting you, then what in the world will cause them to want to miss you when you're gone? Please go. Take your stuff and bounce. Be out. 
And that right there is why you must understand that we, which is what Ephesians 4 chapter is saying, we got to be tenderhearted. we got to be kind to one another. we got to forgive each other just as God in Christ has forgiven us. And so it's with this understanding that I've decided personally that I will not live in grudge-holding land because God is not there. And if you are holding the grudge against someone who's done you wrong, maybe it was a former church experience, maybe you got a pastor or, or somebody who, who didn't abuse you or had low integrity or, or lack of integrity and, and done wrong to you, overlooked you, you came to them in all sincerity. Pastor, here's my gift. I'm ready to serve the Lord and this and that. And because of inadequacies in that leader, instead of a lot blessing you and teaching you how to be released, they suppressed you. And kept you from your increase. And you're bitter about that. You're so bitter that you abandoned church. Or you left God. Or you left the experience. And I'm telling you, you've got to get to the place of saying, you know what? Father, forgive them. For they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know how much of a blessing I will be a part of this life. A part of this ministry. Father, forgive them. Because they don't even know what type of value I could have brought to this experience. Father, forgive them. And I'm saying to you, and I want you to understand, that if you are in grudge-holding land, if that's where you dwell, God is not there. He's not there. So you should choose forgiveness. Why? Because when we forgive, we make the choice and a decision to live under open heaven. And I want you to hear me that the quality of your life is determined by the decisions and the choices you make, not the actions of others. It's not what they do. That determines the quality of your life. It's what you choose to do. I choose not to be all frustrated and feeling like, you know, I used to have a hang-up. And, I, and I don't, again, I don't mind being transparent with you because I want you to be healed. I used to have a hang-up because I used to view people based upon how I thought they felt about me. And it amazes me because in one situation that, you know, I, I remember going to this one church to preach and, you know, ask the pastor. And, you know, often, ultimately, I'm going to tell you right now, when we are ministering the word of God, while we want to tell you the truth, and we're not looking for everybody to be falling out their feet, but we, we are looking for folk who get with us. You understand? People who say, amen, I know that's the truth. Amen, so and so be it. And so there was this one sister, one lady, a seasoned saint, who every time I would come to minister, uh, at this particular church would sit on the front row and literally just stare at me. And then I'd be the preacher, and, and I'm very uh, 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 eccentric at times in my ministry style, and so therefore I can talk, but I can walk, I can preach, and, and I, you know, I get excited and this and that, and everybody else standing on the seat and going forth, and this person is sitting right on the front row just staring at me. And every time I came, and I used to go to this church yearly, and 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 I, I was bothered by it. Every, I mean, even even on my coming and accepting the engagement for the previous year, I said, "Man, that sister gonna be right there." Just look, she just don't like me. I don't know why she don't like me. I don't know. I don't. It just ain't done nothing to her. Don't know nothing about her. I don't know why she doesn't like me at all. And then one day, one day, in that one experience. I'm there ministering, and I'm speaking, and the power of God is falling, and it's a great anointing inside of the house. And she's still sitting there, just waiting in, in there, and just, just, just staring, and like she always does. So right after the service is over, and the pastor this time did something different, he says, I want you, if you've been blessed by Pastor Blue being here, I want you to come and, and just get in line and shake his hand and speak a word of encouragement into his life. 
Come on. You know, give him a whole, whole gold handshake if you must. You know, that's a whole different conversation. But she, this one sister who stood there, literally, year after year after year after year, just focusing forward, not saying nothing, not saying amen, whatever the case may be. She came and uh, uh, stood in line right after the service was over. And when the service was over, and I'm shaking people's hands, and I'm hugging them, and, and they, God bless you, and I'm glad that you were blessed by the word, and praise God, and, and thank God it is. She, here she comes up. Now, everything inside of me says, you know what? I should just walk away. I should just, because I know she don't like me. I know she got problems with me. Whatever it is, I ain't done nothing to this lady. You know what? I'm done. I'm out of here. I should just go ahead and turn and say, I'm tired. Take me back to the office. I'm done. But instead, I stood there. She came to me, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and she said, Pastor Blue, my life has become so better because of hearing all the things you've been teaching. And to my surprise, my heart dropped. My whole perspective began to change. She started telling me this and that and how, you know, she spoke about how one of her favorite messages was a message I preached two years ago, you know, when I came to the church and, and this what happened. I mean, literally, everybody else was a quick one, not even a whole minute. I spent almost ten minutes talking to this woman who looked straight forward, never smiling, never engaging at all. And I thought, due to my inadequacy, this lady got a problem with me. And it was there that I began to repent before the Lord. And I said, Lord, let me never have a preconceived notion about people without knowing exactly where they are. And it taught me, it taught me that my perception sometimes based upon the past uh, experiences and the unhealing of my life was tainting the world around me. And God says, it's that you got to be careful of because if you hold on to that, I cannot use you. And I made up my mind that I'm going to stay in forgiving land because that's what God is. God is ever forgiving us. His grace is sufficient. New mercies we see day after day as we arrive to things that are better. It is with that understanding, again, that we see now what Peter was talking to Jesus in in, in, in Matthew 18, 21 and 22, let's go back there because watch what the scripture says about these relationships and how we ought to forgive. I was taught a great lesson that day. I was taught a great lesson that do not, I can perceive, have a perception of what I think others feel. But until I know, I could be totally wrong. So I've learned to deal with people on the basis of what they feel and where they are. And in Matthew, watch this, 18, 21, and 22, here's what the scripture says. Then Peter came, on, uh, came up and said unto him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? Should I forgive him? And again, as many as seven times, and Jesus said unto him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. As much as there is infraction against you, you've got to forgive. I'm going to tell you a story of Kim Coles, a lady by the name of Kim Coles, uh, she told this story to the Huffington Post, and I'm going to share with you her story. She, she said, as a child that was born in the 50s, I think caught between two worlds, the old world post, World War II, and the new world that was coming into being, the swinging 60s. She says, my parents were for, forever stuck with what was. My mother herself was a product of an unstable home. 
a father who had died and left her on her own, and a mother who was committed to a mental hospital and had no idea of what to do with a strong-willed child as I am, who just wanted to live her own life and who saw fit that uh, no matter what the cost, uh, that, 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 that my father, uh, the product of an emotional absent father, uh, an emotional smothering mother, I had no idea how to parent at all. So her father began to turn to uh, alcohol uh, when uh, he was very young. And her father, who literally uh, uh, went through these experiences, uh, tried to suppress her as she was growing up. And there was fights and there was words and, and things thrown around. And, 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 and always there was contention inside of the household. And she didn't know until much, much later that people actually sat down to have a meal together and not throw food at the wall or across the room. She said, I learned that the person who, who, who I was uh, uh, was hit the hardest based upon my past experiences. She said, my dreams would never acknowledge or even encourage. In fact, I was told I was too stupid to ever even go to college. She says, I, must, I know I must have seen like a handful to my parents, but I was extremely independent. You know, I said what I thought, and at some point I didn't even uh, serve me to be that way anymore. Uh, life had beaten me down, she says. And then I allowed the next step to happen. I met men who treated me the way I thought of myself. I didn't feel like I was deserving of anything better. And, and bringing two children into this type of environment didn't help my cause either. Thinking I, I was creating people to love me, I learned that being a parent is anything but easy. I was certainly not cut, cut out in the way or any shape or form to be the right type of parent at the time I was. Over the years, I had gradually cut myself off from my parents. I went into uh, therapy classes and even meditation in church. I tried everything that would help me with this emotional pain of estrangement. It wasn't until I met my third and final husband that something shifted inside of me. For a while, he loved me as I was, damaged and imperfect. He then began to encourage me to seek peace with my family for my sake, not theirs, to forgive them. For, for what they've done to me, because forgiveness was about me, not them. This was a radical concept for me. Through his eyes, I was able to get a better appreciation for the people who my parents were. They wasn't awful parents. They didn't try to be awful parents. It was just their experiences and their pain that was brought up to growing me up that caused me to take the same pain unto others. They didn't know. They didn't know any differently, and for that, whatever reason, that would never been able to change. But how could I blame them for what I myself was struggling with the same issues myself? It wasn't easy. But because I loved this man, my, my third husband, so much, I was able to move past the pain of my childhood, reach deep inside of myself, and forgive my parents. I was able to express to, the feeling to them that, that there was, there was a, a, a never a, a, a moment that I did not want to experience love from them or the close family bond. I was to visit them, uh, and so was my children to visit them, move from this day forth and moving forward. And it became even more important to have this connection with my father as he was dying. Why? Because he was desperately wanting my forgiveness on his deathbed. 
And because of the healing of me taking a chance and the time to forgive him first, I was able to be there for him at his last and final day. My mother and I was never close. But when we were able to talk to each other, uh, beyond the superficial uh, level, we saw each other for who we were. And we were able to build a wonderful relationship with each other that often affected, also affected my daughter. Because with the healing I received from the relationship with my mother and me, I was able to pass it on to my daughter. All because I made a decision to forgive them, even though I felt they wasn't sorry. This message was told to the Huffington Post by a lady by the name of Kim Cole. And in this message, we hear how the infraction of relationships, how she thought one thing and she thought this, until a different perspective came along her way and she was able to say, you know what, I forgive them, even if they appear not to be sorry, not knowing that they were only products of their environment, passing on generationally one hurt to another, to another, to another. Lastly, I want you to go to Matthew 6.15. I know my time is running out, but give me five more minutes, and I'm going to give this to you. I want you to be healed from this because you're blocking your blessing by holding on to things that don't need to be held on to. Matthew 16.15. This is what the English Standard Version says. Matthew 16.15. It says, uh, But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. See, Jesus said this as to say that even though they are guilty of doing wrong to you and against you, you need to forgive them for the time when you were guilty and done wrong against God the Father, but he's forgiven you. I'm reminded of another story by Christy Little. Christy Little Jones, who was 42 from Fort Washington, Maryland. Fort Washington, Maryland. And she told this story to the Christian Post. She says, you don't know, she says, uh, uh, this is how it all happened. You don't know me, but I'm no longer dating your husband. I'm sorry for any pain I caused your family. Christy recalls the exact moment she read that sentence in an email that was sent to her last March. She says, my heart just stopped. She says, she's a mother of four, a stepson by the name of AJ, who is 26, a daughter by the name of Sky, who is nine, Blaze, who are eight, Hayes, who was six. She said, I felt paralyzed. Up until that point, Chrissy said, she was, uh, I'm a relationship coach. And as a relationship coach, she believed that her and her husband, Adrian, who's 46, her husband of 10 years, was happily married. She believed they were happily married. Certainly things were in person. Business was slow for Adrian, who was a car salesman, and their bank account had taken a hit. Adrian and I were feeling the pressure about money, says Christy. But she had no warning among other, no warning signs. They still had date nights, and they did things as a family. They, she, did, she never dreamed that he would betray her by cheating. And after reading uh, and rereading the email, Christy caught her husband at work with her voice shaking, and she demanded an explanation. Adrian was defensive at first and said it never happened. He even hung up on her, she remembers. But a minute later, he called that client and admitted that it was true. And he begged me to forgive him. The story unfolded that Adrian had a customer who had flirted. And a one-night stand began to happen. And it turned into a four-month affair. And in February 2012, when the woman asked Adrian if 
he would leave his family. He broke off the relationship. I was serious, says Christy. It was hard for me not to tell Adrian that we were over and to make him hurt as badly as I did. Instead of the pain of taking, uh, instead of the, the pain that I experienced, we talked and we wept together all night long. And once the initial shock passed, I was faced with a choice. I could either fight for my marriage or let this event change everything and let it all go. Christy made a conscious decision to forgive. It didn't happen instantly, but for the next six months, she struggled with resentment and the fear that Adrian would not uh, uh, be committed or making, uh, uh, to make his marriage work. There were many times that I asked him, how could you live with yourself? How could you, how could you look me in the eye and lie to me for months? And to get closure, I needed to know every last detail of the affair. It was extremely painful for Adrian to answer my questions, but he did so uh, with humility, she said. Forgiving him was the hardest thing I had ever had to do, said Christy. But his honesty made it easier. So did the fact that Adrian confided his wrongdoing to two friends in their church, and the three of them, the three men, began meeting each week to pray together, discuss their faith and the importance of marriage. I appreciated that, that he wanted other people to hold him accountable, said Christy. And while on vacation in Virginia last May, Christy and Adrian spontaneously renewed their wedding vows. And we continue to work on trust issues, she admits. But our marriage is stronger for it. And I have no regrets because I made a decision. To forgive them, it was my choice because I didn't want to hurt anymore. My brothers and sisters, as I have shared with you this powerful story from Christy Little Jones, Christy Little Jones, 42, of, of Fort Washington, Maryland, I'm here to share with you that life will happen for everyone. It will happen for each and every one of us. But we have the decision. To, 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 we have to make a decision to forgive or to allow the issue to stop and block us from the blessing of living our better life. And as I get ready to close, the first step to forgiveness is to make the choice to forgive. That's what Christy did. She made a choice to forgive. Simple, but it's powerful. The power to forgive shows our strength, our maturity, our wholeness. Because when, we, when most people hurt, the first impulse it's not to forgive, it's to get back at the person who hurts you. If you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. But this is not God's way. For God's way is to forgive a person, even when it's their fault, even if they're not sorry. And if we don't forgive others, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. Again, if we don't forgive others, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. Because only when you forgive others can you receive the healing power, the healing benefit that, the, that forgiveness brings. Because bitterness only dissipates when I forgive. Bitterness only goes away when I forgive. And if I don't forgive, then it will remain. So we have to, in closing, as I close out this message for today, and my time is drawing near, we have to learn how to forgive like we've never been hurt. we got to learn how to love like we've never been hurt at all. And again, I'm talking about forgiveness. 
But when you're able to release the malice, the bitterness, the internal struggle, the burden towards those who have done you wrong, you are able to be free to attract what you're looking for. Whether it's that next level of living, whether it's the home, the car, the house, whatever the material things, the better relationship with God. Now I can release and manifest the things in my life that need to be there because there's nothing there to stop or block my progress because my heart is open and is clear. Hashtag, I forgive that I may live. It is here, my brothers and sisters, that I say this to you. As we close out today, and I want to pray for you, that in this message, Forgiving them when they're not sorry, how do you do it? You make a decision that you will not be bound. That you will not live under the same pressure that often has kept them. And that, my friends, is why it's imperative that you forgive if you're going to live. Let's get ready to pray. If this is your first time hearing of this and you want to experience the forgiveness of God, meaning that you are not saved, you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to pray a simple prayer. I want you to repeat after me. And if you pray this prayer, God will forgive you of every wrong thing you have done in your life. He will forgive you. He will turn it around. He will change. He will rearrange. And as he do these things, your victory and your joy will begin to come. As he do these things, you will begin to see the hand of God like never before come down upon you and free you from where you are. You've got to learn to forgive to, uh, forgive to live. And as we get ready to pray this prayer, just repeat after me. It's that simple. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe from this day forth, my life will become better. I receive it. I decree it. I'm saved. If you prayed that simple prayer, I want you to email me at pastoralblue at gmail.com. We want to give you the instructions on how to start your new life in a better way as you walk in the forgiveness of God. Amen. And if you're still here, let me pray for you. If you find yourself stuck in the place where it's difficult for you to be forgiven, even in the examples of the stories I've shared with you from real people, from a, a, a daughter who was greatly affected by a mother and father who wasn't there for her, to give her the love she needed that caused her to mess up her own lives and her own relationship, that she was married three times, to a, a wife who, who had a husband who uh, fallen on difficult times and, and something was lacking in the marriage, so he went elsewhere, but came back and, and, and she had a decision, do I let this marriage go and walk away, or do I forgive and work on this? Because I need to live, and I need to go forth. In each of these stories, both of these individuals made a position, they took a position, and they took a stand not to allow the bitterness to break them, to block them, to stop them. But they will forgive even if the other person is not sorry. And that's, again, why we have to learn how to love like we've never been hurt. I'm not telling you it's easy, but I am telling you it's possible. And we want to help you here at the Better Life Empowerment Movement at BetterLifeSeeker.com. BetterLifeSeeker.com, we're here to help you heal from the areas you've been broken. 
And yes, it will be a process. But as your spiritual leader, I am committed to teaching you in God's truth and walking you through the process that you can become better than you've ever been. And again, I allow the Lord to forgive you as you go forth. We're going to pray. I want to pray a final prayer over you. Those of you who are sick with us, uh, we got about two more minutes. Don't leave. Stay sick with me. Let me pray this prayer. But first, uh, let me share with you uh, uh, this quick announcement. On tomorrow night, we're doing a special gathering online, a special gathering online where I'm going to be teaching uh, uh, from a, a piece called The Challenge of Church Hurt. You don't want to miss it. That will be tomorrow night. The Challenge of Church Hurt. We're going to deal with trying to love God beyond his people. You don't want to miss it. It will be a powerful time. We're doing a two-week series on next week. we got a panel who's going to be joining with us this week. We're going to go even deeper. This is going to be on a special link, so you're going to have to register. It's a free uh, gathering. It's going to be on a special link, but you have to register for it. And again, we're going to be dealing with the challenge of church hurt. All a part of this Forgive the Live series. We are serious about ministering to you, allowing you to walk in your freedom. And we're going to show you how to move forward. Number two, we have our three-step meditation manual on forgiveness. If you haven't ordered your copy, order your copy today. Your three-step manual, uh, meditation manual on forgiveness. All right? This is going to teach you how to forgive others, how to forgive yourself, and thirdly, how to submit and surrender to God to experience your better life. It's going to teach you all that. And it's going to give an interactive manual that's going to show you how to grow in the faith that you no longer can be disqualified from God using you because of the bitterness of what you've been through. Listen, get your healing today. And we, as the Better Life Department Movement, want to help. Before we go, we never close out our time without giving you an opportunity to be a blessing unto the Lord, the kingdom of God, through this ministry. So I'm going to challenge. There are five persons the Lord spoke to me, five persons whom God is putting a challenge on you to, to stand in agreement with him. The, the word agreement uh, the number, biblical number for agreement is two. Uh, so I'm challenging five persons, me included. That will be number six, but the Lord said five. For grace, five persons to sow today a $200 seed, a $200 seed. The five persons, I want you, you'll know who I'm talking to. If, you, if, if you're not the one, I'm not talking to you. Don't be, don't be done to get all uptight about it. No, no, no. God is challenging. Five persons to sow a $200 seed into this ministry. It is your seed sowing that continues to allow this ministry to do what we're doing nationwide, growing and establishing, reaching and teaching. And certainly you will you have the opportunity to do that today. There's five persons. Five persons. If you're one of those persons, I want you to acknowledge by saying, Pastor, I'm one of those persons. I get it. That's why I want you to show your face today. Show your face. I'm one of those persons giving a $200 seed. Given the $200 seed, I'm one of those persons. If you are one, you can unmute your line and say, Pastor, that's me. I know you're speaking to me because I need to stand in agreement with God. I've been blocked on every end, all because of this bitterness and unforgiveness, and God now want to open you up. He want to free you from that. So we want to stand in agreement with God with a special seed because your giving becomes a covenant connector. It connects you to the agreements of God. Don't ask me why. It is it's all in the Word. It's what God Thus, as we sow a seed, even in sacrifice for faith, we connect to the covenant. How can I give, Pastor? Four ways you can give. Two or two main ways you can give, basically. Go online to betterlifeseeker.com. Click on Donate Now. 
Or secondly, if you have cash app, you can give by way of cash app. Very simple. You're going to look for the, the dollar sign, Better Life Increase. That's right, on cash app, our link is the dollar sign, the money sign, Better Life Increase, one word. You can give in that case. If you're not one of those five to give 200, get as close to that as you can. As close to that as you can. I don't care if $20 or close. I don't care if $2 or close. Whatever it is, you want to show the Lord, Lord, I'm ready to move beyond where I am now. I'm tired of being stopped and blocked. I'm tired of being where I am. So not only do I receive the word, but I'm going to respond according to what I receive. And I'm sowing the seed for my life and my future that you can use me. Because I understand now why you couldn't. Because too much bitterness has kept me bound. And if you send me to somewhere else and there's a trigger to remind me of where I come from, then, Lord, I can mess up the aspects of ministry that you're calling for me to experience. And I'm here to tell you God wants you to be free. And you've got to want to be free. Forgive them even when they're not sorry. You forgive them. Yes, they've done wrong. Yes, they've done wrong. But we've done wrong to them, to the Father. But his everlasting love, the loving kindness that he has drawn us, and if it's taking loving kindness for him to draw us, it's going to take loving kindness for us to draw somebody else. If you're here and you know I'm speaking to you, I want you, I want everybody that can give something. Why is that? Because it's a, it's a measure of your faith. It's a measure of faith. It's never about the amount. When those who God has challenged you, he's challenged you. Amen. And whether you listen to a podcast recording of this message or you're listening live, God is challenging you. And this is good ground for you to give in. BetterLifeSeeker.com. Click on Donate Now. Or you can give by way of Cash App. I go into Cash App and looking for the number sign, Better Life Increase. You can give there. As we get ready to give, let me pray for you and pray for your healing as you go in and grow in all that God is doing. You understanding, listen to me, and this is something I try to live by every day, and it's hard sometimes. Dealing with as many relationships as I deal with, going through as much as I've been through, it is hard sometimes. But I know I must forgive if I'm going to live my better life. And I make the decision like you can make today. So my prayer for you, and before we close out, and before you give, my prayer for you, is that you make the decision to forgive, to let it go, to free yourself. Because if you're bound, you're doing nothing but holding yourself back from the next level of freedom that God wants to set you free in. And we can be free today. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I thank you all for tuning in. And I pray that you've been blessed by this message today. And we're not done because on next week, I'm going to be teaching from the message, The Chance to Change. The Chance to Change. It's going to be very didactic and practical. You don't want to miss it. First message we dealt with is, uh, 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 it's all their fault. This message, forgive, how to forgive even when they're not sorry. Next week, the challenge to change. The chance to change, rather. The chance to change. I'm going to show you how through forgiveness, we are given the chance to change. You don't want to miss it. As we grow in, grow through, rather, what we go through as we grow through what we go through. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you today. I thank you for giving us the revelation, the insight, the understanding 
that we can be free. Father, I am praying for every person who is harboring negative bitterness in their heart right now. Father, they're going through right now, and it's tough. It's hurtful. It's painful. It's difficult. But, God, we trust you. Lord, we understand now more than ever that forgiving forgiveness is not about the person and what they've done. It's about us and where we're going. It's about us being free that you can use us. Lord, help us to realize everything your word has shared today. As Jesus had the conversation, Jesus had a conversation with Peter. Lord, let us have that same mindset that we forgive seven times, seventy-seven times. That it's through our love and our forgiveness that causes that person to want to be free. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name that you are opening the door. You are loosening the bondages. You are causing your people to be free. And as we sow our seed today, as we give unto the kingdom of God through the Better Life Empowerment Movement, we pray, oh God, that you bless our giving as signs of the covenant that we enter in with you, that we stand in agreement, that we shall be what you have called for us to be. Lord, life hurts. We understand it. But that's why you have given us a peace that's able to surpass all understanding that guards our heart and our mind in you because we take the position of you to stay not inside of the land of grudge holding, but inside of forgiving land that we can forgive and walk in peace. While others may be bound, we can be set free. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, that we're making the decision today. Teach us, show us, Allow Holy Spirit to work with us that we can love as if we've never been hurt. That the pride of being hurt doesn't stand in the way of us releasing what has to be released starting today. Father, have your way in Jesus' name. And I thank you for every person who has accepted your you as their Savior. I thank you for per- every person who has been encouraged on this call to understand that this is where it starts. That we love. That we forgive to live. Like never before. Father, have your way in Jesus' name we pray. It shall be done. We decree it to be. We declare it to be. And we thank it now. Amen. Amen. And yes again. Amen. All right, saints of God, that's my time. Thank you so much for yours. And it's my prayer that you've been blessed by today. Thank you in advance for every person who has given today. All I can do is challenge you according to what the Lord has said, what he has spoken. And I challenge you to meet me in the constant improving of your lives, that your future can be one word, two syllables, better than ever. We love you, and that's not a thing you can do about it. Pray for us. Pray for Pastor Michelle and I and the family as we continue doing the work of God nationwide. Commit to establishing, building, and living according to your truth. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great day. And again, thank you for your prayers and your financial support. God bless you all. And bless one another before you get off the call. Amen. If you're able, bless one another before you get off the call. Have a great day, everybody.
We would like to thank you for tuning in to Better Life Ology Radio Broadcast with A.O. Blue, produced by Better Life Media. We trust that you have been blessed by today's teaching. Please let us know at pastorALblue at gmail.com. For more information and to obtain a copy of today's broadcast, please visit www.betterlifeseeker.com. Just click the tab that says more, then shop. Thank you for spending time with this ministry. To discover the tools and techniques to build your better life now, we would like you to give a donation to support the ministry. You can text any amount to 407-456-7300. Again, you can text any amount to 407-456-7300. Or you can go to www.betterlifeseeker.com. Click on Donate Now where you can give through Cash App or PayPal online. Every gift is a gift that helps us to lead people to better. We bless you, we love you, and want you to always remember God created your life, but it's up to you to create the level of your living. And we, the Better Life Spiritual Community, can help. See you again next time on Better Life Ology Radio Broadcast, where it's already getting better.